Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and it's great to have your company. You're joining us today down by Bondi Beach, Sydney's famous, iconic tourist haven. And it's a most magnificent day. Absolutely beautiful. Welcome if you're a veteran pilgrim, someone who has walked numerous Caminos, maybe many Caminos. Welcome if you're a recent pilgrim hoping to maintain a lifeline to the Camino. And welcome if you're someone thinking of walking. Take this as a voice from the millions of pilgrims who walked before you. Just do it. There are many paths labelled Caminos, but the most popular is called the Camino Francaise, a 780-kilometre walk from Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port on the French side of the Pyrenees, and it winds its way to Santiago de Compostela, where, we're told, the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James are interred. I don't have time here to tell the entire story. It's worth doing a bit of research. If you're a new pilgrim, the story of how and why St. James's bones are under the cathedral in Santiago is a fascinating tale. And even if you're not religious, you can't help be inspired by the story. If you'd like to learn more, listen to my week 62 podcast with the Spanish-based U.S. anthropologist Nancy Fry. If you're wondering whether or not you should do it, well, the answer to that is just go. That's all I'll say. Those who walk the Camino consider themselves pilgrims. It's supposed to be a simple, stripped-back journey. When you leave behind the trappings of life as you know it, you open yourself to a greater sense of what's available in a wider sense. It's a big, bold world, and it's there to welcome you with open arms if you're prepared to offer yourself to the journey. Camino hugs are magic, by the way. And I've spoken a couple of times on this podcast with the award-winning Australian filmmaker Bill Bennett. A disclosure, Bill shot the video for my song Somewhere Along the Way, the Camino song. Bill and his wife Jennifer released a film last year called PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. It's released online, pay-for-view, this week. Order it, watch it, and share it. It's outstanding. And the book of the movie is available now as well. PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. Do yourself a favor. PGSthemovie.com Well, the celebrated spiritual teacher Michael J. Tamura is in Bill's movie. And he says, remember that when you validate any aspect of spirit, your state of being changes forever. Remember that when you validate any aspect of spirit, your state of being changes forever. Well, my guest this week is the Irish pilgrim, Geraldine Condon. And I first heard from Geraldine, or Jerry, when she messaged me to say she was preparing to walk the Camino, treading mile after mile in the Irish countryside, and she was listening to my podcasts. And I subsequently followed Jerry's journey, both physically and spiritually. I'm now so excited because she's sitting here right beside me by the beach in Bondi in Sydney to talk about her Camino. Hola, Pilgrim. Hola. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. We've picked a good day, haven't we? No, definitely. It's absolutely a scorcher here today. Very different to Ireland. <laughs> Let me ask a very simple question. Are you a religious or spiritual person? Um, I would consider myself very spiritual. For me, um, I wish I wish religion was love. That's how I view religion. Um, spiritual, definitely, yes. We've been talking today, before the interview, about being in the now and living in the present. How? And you, you're trying to get. You're saying, hey, you're trying to get better at it. It's something that you've got to practice all the time. It's like any form of fitness, but a spiritual fitness is is, is very difficult to to achieve. How has the Camino uh, helped you to live in the now? Great question. Um, For me, Dan, this is something that I always, every day of my life, try to 
really and truly live. However, how much I succeed in that, God only knows. I have no idea. But it's just like anything in life. You know, like I was just saying to you a moment ago, you know, the magic happens in the moments that we actually um, we're living. And we look back and we say, God, those were the good times. And then we realize that things have happened. And if we could just come back to each moment and just enjoy each moment, like now, this present moment, it's such a magical moment for me that I'm actually enjoying each moment of it. However, we so, us human beings, we get up, we go to work, we, I suppose, we're structured to do these things. Whereas if you actually stop and in that moment and just be and just take in everything, it's so important to do that. Whereas we seem to, as human beings, lose that. So for me, every day, I'm trying to be more present. That's the key, really, is just to be more present. Um, and that's very important to me because, as I say, it's where I actually really and truly know where the magic is happening. And it allows me just to take time just to breathe and stop running around. You know, it's really, really important. And the Camino showed me that, definitely. Just to, I suppose, stop getting into the routine of things and just being able to get up and, you know, just be in each moment. Really and truly. Why did you walk the Camino? This is actually a question on the Camino I asked myself, you know, because a friend of mine had done the Camino about two years ago, three years ago, and I remember him saying to me he did the Camino. And at the time, it wasn't something that I actually aspired or wanted to do, but I remember being really blown away by why he did it. And um, last year, mum's partner passed away, which was very sad. He was a beautiful friend of mine, and... I made the decision to go home and spend the year with mum and while I was at home I had this time where I wasn't working full time, I had the ability, I was back in Europe to actually go to do the Camino. So for those reasons I made the choice to do it and I did it at a time where I wanted to do it just before I returned back to Australia so that I could just reflect on my time and it was essentially for me just to take time out to just look at okay what has gone on this past year because it's been a great learning year. And honestly, I just felt it was something that was saying to me, just come. Yeah, that's so often people say that they get the calling. When did you walk and how busy was it? So I walked in July, the end of July. And um, I it was busy. Now, I say it was busy, but I have nothing to compare it to. So I don't actually know what busy is and what busy isn't. Um, it wasn't busy in the sense where there was a, too many pilgrims or too less pilgrims. For me, it was it was just great. I enjoyed everything about it, you know, and I always felt safe. It was great knowing that when I was alone on the walk, that when I did see pilgrims, I felt safe in the sense of, okay, this is great again, you know, and while it can be busy in the sense of having a lot of people, it actually didn't bother me at all because that's what because I was walking on my own. Um, that was a great thing for me so again I don't know if it was busy because I have nothing to compare it to it's interesting because uh, I walked in August and then the following year walked in October and it was crazy busy and yeah. when you realize when you see it at its busiest you realize how busy it can get uh, did you always get a bed Yes, <laughs> sleep to me is really important. But the thing was, um, Jerry before was very much, you know, I like to be organized. And before I went on the Camino, it was very funny because a lot of my family would say to me, okay, so what's the structure of your Camino? Where are you staying? And I'm like, I've no idea. I've just left it up to the universe. I booked my first two nights. 
which was the first night in St. Jean-Pied-de-Port. And my second night I booked in Arison, which is halfway up the Alps. And, um, is it the Alps? Oh my God, I'm actually getting that so wrong. Jeepers, you forget these things. And basically I booked those first two nights. And then after that, it was a case of every morning I would book accommodation or the night before. So I always had a bed, which was great. And it's really important. There was nights where I would have loved to have slept under the stars, but being a solo traveler, I didn't want to do that. However, I would have loved to have gone camping another time. But again, these things on the way, it just didn't work out when you stop in towns because you can't actually plan anything because you could arrive in a town and realize, I want to stay here for the night. And that's the thing of the essence of the Camino for me was because I didn't plan, I didn't have to stay where I had actually booked. So it meant that if I arrived in a town that I really liked, I could just stay in that town, which was amazing. Very different to life because we don't do that. We seem to plan everything and we go with what we have to do. What about, that? that's the pilgrimage aspect of it. What about the physical or the, the kind of structured aspect of it? All of the things in your backpack and all those things you needed to take and had to take. Were you adequately prepared? Um, well, because I listened to your podcast so much, I felt really prepared, which was great. Um, I actually didn't get rid of a lot of stuff, which was great. You know, it's funny because one thing that I didn't have, which I've got with me today, actually, I've just realized was this, I've, I've got, a, I'm showing down a handbag that I have here. Because we carry our backpack with us, we don't have, when you come back to your hospital, hostel that evening and you have a shower, you don't, I didn't have a handbag for when I wanted to go to the shop or put all my stuff in to write my notes or anything. And I arrived in Ranceval and basically um, they had this little free to take. And inside in this was this little bag. It said free to take and it was this little Caddy Kitson bag. And I was so delighted. So one of my little tips would be just bring a little bum bag or bring a little handbag just to have at night when you are going to the shops or you're having dinner so that you can just pop your stuff in there. Um, I think I was prepared and I had... I had a great medical little bag. Everyone used to call me the little, oh my God, you've got so much medical stuff, which was great. But that was mum's doing. She was fabulous. Make sure you have your Imodium. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Um, make sure you have your plasters. And they all came in because I needed them for everything. We don't, we say we need things, but I actually did need these things. But at the end of the day, once you have, I suppose, a clean pair of pants, clean pair of everything for that day that you're walking and just a second pair for that of the next day you're actually that's all you really need it really and truly is and that's a great feeling isn't it it's a great bag by the way yeah. <laughs> but the, the the that's all you need isn't it it's such a great feeling to know that you don't need all the other we just carry so much rubbish with us all the time it's one of the great things about it isn't it the simplicity of the pilgrimage 100% and you've actually just reminded me of something that I completely have completely forgotten about not in the sense of materialistic things yes I agree totally we do I'm not a materialistic girl anyway but like we do carry a lot of stuff around and feel we need I need those shoes or I need that latest handbag or whatever but just in regards to rubbish I remember one day walking and I met this lovely Australian girl and I had said to her, you know what, I love using analogies. And I was walking and I found along the way that there was a bit of rubbish and I started picking the rubbish up. And then I thought to myself, hang on a second, Jerry, like, how are you going to do this? You've got nowhere to dump this rubbish and you're going to start getting laid down with all this rubbish. You need to stop picking up the rubbish along the way. So, and it just hit me. It was just like, Jerry, how much rubbish do you actually pick up in your life? How much of other people's 
crap basically do I pick up and load down and put into my backpack and carry in people's life that on that day I just made the decision you know what what's going on with people around me or I'm not taking it on anymore I don't need to take it on I can just listen I can just be and just give it back to them and that's exactly what I did not that I gave the rubbish back to the universe I feel bad for saying that but I couldn't do anything. The only thing that I could change in that moment was change how I made sure I wasn't make, dumping rubbish anywhere, firstly. But secondly, for me, not taking on other people's crap and their rubbish and just living my life for me. You know, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. That's a great lesson too. You know, Jerry, uh, you mentioned earlier that you walked alone. Um, first of all, did you feel safe? And secondly, would you recommend walking alone? 100% I, I genuinely now I don't have again I can only speak about my experiences so I don't have the experience of walking with a partner or starting out with a partner a partner being a love person in regards to um, a romantic relationship a friend a parent whatever it is I highly recommend walking on your own because for me it was really I suppose a way of actually getting finely in tuned with me because at the end of the day, I had to look after me every single day. I had to really evaluate where I was in my life. You know, I really began to have a relationship with myself again. And I listened to who I, like for me, I felt very safe on the Camino. There was one morning, all right, where I left probably about 5 a.m. I left very early and I walked through... Um, the fields and you know these roads and it, like obviously it was well lit up it was safe in that sense however I just thought you know what as a young woman walking the Camino I wasn't going to do that again which was fine you know I everything was okay with me but I just changed the times of my walks again that I wasn't going to do that or if people were leaving I would leave with them so for that sense that's all I would say really but I always felt very safe on the Camino. You know, you and I met for coffee at Bondi Beach a couple of weeks ago, and I said that you still have the Camino shine. You've you've left behind your family, even though you lived in Sydney before. You've moved to the other end of the earth, really. Where does this girl from Cork get this extraordinary bravery, this ability to take on the world? Wow. Um, I've no idea, Dan. I suppose. The Camino actually, um, and it's not just the Camino, it's just my life as well, I suppose, like at the end of the day, it really reminded me of how much of a strong woman I am. And if anything, it actually made me a lot more stronger. You know, I recognize um, when you're going through, I think it's Leon or it's the Castle de Leon or something. And I used to see this lion and I used to actually feel like I had the courage of a lion. Yeah. And I feel I've brought that back with me. Yeah. And I feel coming back to Sydney, Australia, I've said to people, if I am sacrificing leaving my family at home, people that I love dearly, I'm coming back here and I'm actually getting out of my comfort zone, which is doing something like this, you know, putting myself out there and realizing not to be afraid because fear is such a thing that stops me in a lot of my things in my life. And I'd like to actually move away from that and just realize I have the strength if I can walk. 800 kilometers across the north of Spain on my own not that I was ever on my own but essentially on my own I can do anything in the world I really I really really feel like I can and that's why I feel very very strong where I get it from I have no idea I just know it's in me and it's there but the the Irish are gutsy ballsy take no prisoners type people and you're a really good example of an Irish girl so how then do you mellow and do you how do you allow yourself to be open to something like the Camino did you have to say Jerry calm the down <laughs> 
I am a pretty calm person anyway. I think I am. <laughs> I don't know. People might differ. I don't know. <laughs> At the moment, I feel, I feel very calm. But God, I don't know really, Dan. I suppose. Um, Maybe it's worth not thinking about. Yeah, I don't know actually. Let's go back to the Camino then. If I could drop you in one albergue. Okay, Dan's going to pick up Jerry, drop her in one albergue. Where would it be? Jeepers, there's so many to pick from. But you know what? The first place that came to my mind was... Um, oh, my God, I can't even think of the name of the place, but it was an albergue. It'll come to me in time. Acebo. It's just come to me. The wind literally just whispered it to me. I met this beautiful lady from Cork. Her name was Michelle on my first day in Arson. And she, this is where I feel my start of my Camino Angel started. And she said to me, if you are going through a town called Acebo, she said, stop in this specific place. It's got a swimming pool. And I thought, wow, this sounds great. So as I'm walking the Camino, I see a lot of places that have swimming pools. And these swimming pools were like small swimming pools where you probably put your feet in them. That was about it. So at this stage, the Acebo place had still been on my mind and I had it marked in my book. But I thought, okay, if it's like any of the other swimming pools that I had seen, it's not that, you know, great or anything to stop for. However, I still felt it was calling me or whatever. So I decided one day to walk and I knew I was coming up to Acebo. So it meant I had to walk 40 kilometers or else I would have had to stop for two or three days or something. Um, no, what I did was I made the decision to myself, if I'm going to walk 40 kilometers, I'm going to stop in this town for two days. That was the promise I made to myself. Good idea. So I arrived and it was at the end of the town in Acebo. It was like this most magical golf resort. Like I can't even explain it. It was $10 a night. It had the most beautiful swimming pool. It had like a little spa where you could go in and just sit down and just swim in this um, magnesium salt, which as you imagine, you're sweating so much on the Camino. I arrived at reception and I was just like, are you kidding me? Like I felt like I'm paying 10 bucks for this. And it was just a little place of heaven because bear in mind, you're exhausted. You're walking the Camino, you're tired. You know, you, I suppose, you're so used to getting up in the morning, going walking, coming home, sitting down in the evening, that this place, I had the most beautiful meal in. I had a fantastic sleep. I got up, I went to the pool. I met my friend that I had met along the way on the Camino, and it was her birthday that evening. We celebrated her no birthday. Way. Yeah, Sky. It's all happening. It was amazing. I ended up staying there for three days. Four days, um, three nights, four days. And I, do you know what? I really recuperated here. It was actually for me, my time to just take back for me to just look after myself and again, go on my walk again. It was the best thing that I did. So did you have to check out each day or did they just let you stay? No, they actually allowed. So along the way, just for people that are listening, there's a, when you stay in places that are like, um, I think it's a municipal, you can only stay there for one night. Whereas this place... We were, I was actually allowed to check in and stay for however many nights I wanted, which doesn't happen often along the no, way. That's right. So that for me was like gold. You know, it meant that I actually was guaranteed a sleep in or anything like that. So I stayed with the intention of staying two nights and it was so good I stayed for three. <laughs> it was beautiful. I, oh. I, I know you're someone who's not going to admit to much doubt, I suppose. 
maybe a little, because you're Irish, right? But at some stage on the Camino, did you think, this is bloody tough? Oh, God. <laughs> day one. <laughs> it's so funny because day one of my Camino, I, I was so excited. I was, you know, it was like a child starting their first day at school. I was so excited for this walk, everything. I started off, and I, I will never, ever forget the hill when you leave St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port. And I only told my friend and that had walked the Camino, I was telling him we were sharing stories. I got to the top of that hill and I sat and had my lunch. I hadn't even left St. John yet. And I'm sitting at the top. But it, what it was for me was I really wanted to be in the moment and just to take everything in and just to look back. And the more I started walking that day, I was walking to Orison. So I actually decided to split my days up. So usually people walk the first day 25k and they go to Ranceval. Where someone had said to me, why would you walk the whole way up the Alps to only walk back down again? And I thought, you know what, you're my kind of person. <laughs> so I stopped in Orison. I remember, remember getting to Orison and it was amazing. So that was great, whatever that day. But actually, it was the second day of my Camino. I remember walking down because I was on my own. I started, your th- when you're on your own, your thoughts start coming in. You don't have the distraction of life. You don't have the distraction of, I suppose, your work or people around you, your family. The thoughts started creeping in. I started thinking about things. And the next thing, I, 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 start, I actually started to feel angry. Um, which was a very strange feeling for me because I don't consider myself to be a very angry person. Now on reflection, looking back, and after, I suppose, a couple of weeks walking the Camino, I actually realised it was just stuff in my life that was coming up for me that I was allowing come up. And, you know, I remember just thinking to myself, what in God's name am I doing? Why have I chosen to walk 800 kilometres across the north like really and truly genuinely Dan thinking I need to go back and tend Dan he needs to tell people like it's actually not very easy (laughs) and all these things started coming to me and it wasn't the physical aspect the physical aspect was really okay it was the mental side of it I was just struggling with that but in time it started to dissolve as the days went on and when I started to become more at peace with me I was like oh my god this is actually something magical is happening here I started to kind of unwind and it's just it's just the struggle of not having to do things and just actually sitting in yourself and being with yourself that's where the struggle was and it was mine you know what I'm laughing because I remember this lady passing me on the Camino and she was walking she looked so happy she had her music playing she didn't have her earphones in she had her music in her little side um, pocket of her, her shorts and I remember in my head thinking, and I smiled at her, but in my head I was like, how dare you play this loud music on my Camino? Like you're ruining my peaceful walk. But then I just thought to myself, Jerry, who are you? Like what's going on? And I was looking at myself being like, who are you? By the end of my Camino, I used to walk with my own loud music and just sing, like I used to sing your song. And I used to get all these people and we used to all sing together. And I actually started, like someone called me you know Jerry the Irish or there's an Irish girl she sings on the walk but yeah the first few days were the days where I actually doubted what I was doing you know and do you remember where you were when you thought because you just mentioned it before this is really something special that I'm doing here and this is a magical place this is a place where magic can happen to me do you know what and it's funny you say that I actually don't remember it was actually like a moment of for me I I don't remember when that happened but what I do remember is 
I remember when I arrived, I there's a place called the, um, the Masata, and I had walked for about 14 days straight. And for me, I was, by the end of that, I was tired. I didn't realize how tired I was. And I walked and I had blisters on my feet. And I was coming to Fermista and I knew I couldn't walk anymore. So I made the decision to get on the um, bus to from Fermista to Leon. That to me was one of the hardest things that I did because I actually felt like a failure for doing that. I really and truly did. And when I arrived in Leon, I will never, for, even there, like there now, it actually pulls on my heartstrings because I remember arriving in Leon and sitting on the bench and thinking to myself, oh my God, I've spent this past two weeks walking and I truly thought in each moment I was being present, but in trying to be present and being the best version of who I could possibly be and trying to, I suppose, experience every moment, I felt I lost the essence of why I was actually on the walk. And I just sat there and I, I made the decision to start my Camino again because I was exhausted you know my feet were full of blisters and I kept on walking and I was like Joe, where are you rushing to like what are you doing why are you so hard and yours is this how I show up in my everyday life do I push myself to be the best person I can possibly be and until I reach burnout which is where I was with these blisters on my feet and I actually have to stop and you know I suppose just rethink about where I was so in that moment that's when I realized something really great is happening here where I'm actually looking at things and I'm saying okay I've made this decision to be here. I'm loving being here. I'm just going to be more kinder to myself. And in that moment, that's where my Camino changed as well. But in saying that, those first two weeks were incredible as well. But I learned a lot about myself then. And I sat on that bench and I cried. My backpack, my hair, oh my God, my hair was in a mess. <laughs> it was standing on my head. I was sitting on the bench next to the river. My backpack, I'd opened the thing that goes around my waist. It was just hanging and I just sobbed and I just felt free I just said to myself okay Jerry it's okay it's actually okay to not be okay it's okay to actually feel like tired and openly admit it and just say it and that day like I actually went and shared that Facebook post on, on, on Facebook because I, I suppose for me it was just about saying to people you know how much do we actually work so hard and we want to have a best life and a great life and be the best versions of who we are and but how far are we willing to actually sacrifice our own happiness for that well we do it every single day yeah. and i think anybody if they are truly honest with themselves anybody listening to us talking today would be saying yeah, that's me yeah. that's me every day which gets to my next question perfectly because i often ask my guests what their family and friends make of their pilgrimage but what do your family and friends make of Jerry the World Traveller? Um, it's so strange because a lot of people used to say to me, Jerry, you're so brave. Um, oh my God, you're walking across the Camino, like you're walking across the north of Spain on your own. Genuinely, hand in my heart, I used to think, oh my God, like what? what's so bad? Like what's, what's so big about that? I didn't think anything big of it. I really and truly didn't because I'm so used to travelling. I've travelled all my life on my own I suppose really came to Australia on my own 10 years ago um, and for me I couldn't understand what they were talking about but having walked the Camino and being on the Camino I remember just thinking to myself Geraldine you are actually very brave 
you have decided to walk the north of Spain 800 kilometers away from your family or like miles away from your family you don't know anybody here you know you can't even speak the bloody language I didn't I couldn't speak Spanish that's actually a very brave thing to do and in those moments I realized that I was and that's it ties back into me saying a while ago that's when I learned my how courage how courageous I was so my family were fully supportive but even like coming back you know my mom my dad you know he's made and it's been great because they've just been very supportive of it and very much like they said lovely things like jerry you're an inspiration in regards to just getting out there and just doing it whereas now i can agree with them and i i believe that because i have no problem saying i actually am a very courageous person it's not about and i'm humble in saying it it's not about boasting or anything but it's because i believe that in myself and it sits very comfortably with me because I am. Yeah. You know, you're a long way from home and that voice in the background is the resident uh, hobo, the Bondi Beach hobo. Uh, do you have friends at home still in the same place and more than happy to be there, I'm sure? And do you sometimes envy them? Because you're a long way from home. Wow. <laughs> I, I would never say envy. Genu- I would never say envy. Um, for me, I my girls at home are my world. Um, a lot of them are actually married with kids and have houses. One of my big learnings this year, having been at home in Ireland for the last 10 months, was it, it was a reminder for me of a lot of things that I don't have, which is actually right now cutting very close to the bone in regards to, you know... I'm a single woman and obviously these are things I would love in my life I would love to have children I would love to meet a wonderful um, soulful person a man in my life I would love to have my home but for me right now where I am in my life I've actually realised you know what these things will come to me and they'll come in the time that they're meant to come for me and I'm blessed to go home to such loving beautiful gorgeous friends who welcome me with open arms and to see their their children to see their husbands their partners their homes that they've created and to be a part of that and actually be so happy for them you know and they're so happy for me and it's great and I always say to them as well you know the grass isn't always greener this is another big learning that I have because while they may look at my life and the freedom that I have of being able to just go and do all these things I also look at their life and say god I of course I would love these things and I always say to them you know what the grass isn't greener you look at me and you think I have this I look at you and I think you have that and that's why I think it's actually so important for people to stop looking outwards and looking inwards and that's what another thing that the Camino gave me was to look inwards and say I'm actually very happy with what I have in my life and I know all these other wonderful things because I feel I attract them into my my world they'll come in time when they're meant to be you know that's so true because I think that a restless soul seeks out the the Camino. The restless soul in all of us seeks out the Camino, and 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 you find a sort of settling of the soul on the Camino, don't you? Yeah, you do. I I actually bought a book. I think it was, his name is John Brearley. He wrote um, a book, and it was a, it was actually a fantastic thing. It was a guidebook, really, on the Camino and in that he actually talks about doing preparation for the Camino and obviously preparing for your days of school that's how I felt I remember reading this book and in it it says 
just to do some internal check work on yourself before you go. And Jenny, when I re- when I read this, I remember thinking I had it in the bag. <laughs> I actually, I actually believed my internal check work check was great. I felt like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at the moment. I can do this. And I remember being on the Camino and actually saying to myself, now I understand what he says when he says, prepare yourself for this internal check work, because as much as you think you're prepared for the Camino, you're actually not. You know, he says to let go of expectation. I thought I had no expectations of the Camino. Like for me, in my head, the Camino was fluffy unicorns and puppy dogs. I really did. I actually believed that's exactly what it was going. And it was, I didn't think I had expectation, but I clearly did. And I realized that on the Camino. But once you just let all those expectations go and just accept things to come as they truly come and just go with it. You really do, you do, you start, the layers start to come off and you start to just find a peace in your soul where you're not on that conveyor belt of life of constantly, you know, rushing around or worrying or thinking that you, your soul does. I, I said to you a moment ago, you start becoming one with nature and, you know, you, you just you just feel free. It's yeah. beautiful. It really is. It's really a beautiful place to be. Yeah, I, I, I walked the Camino and I've subsequently thought it was to find space and time. Two things we just don't have enough of in our day-to-day lives. Do you now have enough space and time? Isn't it funny because my immediate reaction to that is actually to say, God, we never have enough time. But you know, it's not true. There's still 24 hours a day in a day. There's always been 24 hours a day in a day. You know, it's like when we say, oh my God, it's November. Where has that year gone? Well, that year has actually happened. It's just, have you actually been present to it? You know? And I suppose it's all about really, I won't say managing your time, but like, again, Dan, it comes back to just being present in each moment and just, no, this is not me saying that I'm present in every moment because I'm actually not. I'd be lying to say if I was. It's a thing that I, I do try to bring into my life all the time. There's days where I could go by and I could actually look back and say, Jerry, were you present? But of course, time is so bloody precious. You know, it really and truly is. And if I've learned anything in my life, I've learned that like today is the best day of my life. You know, it's not yesterday, it's not tomorrow, it's actually today. You know, I have the gift of actually waking up this morning and getting out of bed. Um, I've got my brother. My, I've got a handicapped brother, and he's he's my angel. And you know, he's taught me so much in my life. But unfortunately, he doesn't have that gift where he can get up and walk out of bed every day. You know, and I have that. So when I think of things like that, I just say to myself, God, how precious is my life that I have the air in my lungs, I have eyes, I have legs to walk I have a voice I can speak I I have everything I actually have everything I need in my life you know and it just makes me so grateful for everything that I have and when I even now even now saying this out loud it reaffirms for me I have everything in my life so today is the best day of my life and I I make each day I suppose like Jack says in the Titanic to make a count you know, I try my best to make each day count. I really, really do. 
and it's how I live my life, always. Did you find what you were looking for on the Camino? I have no idea what I was looking for on the Camino, that's the thing. Like, I went there and... Because it's a question I actually asked myself. I had no idea what I was looking for on the Camino, but what I have found on the Camino... I found peace. I found a wholesomeness. I found a strength. I found a love for myself. I found so many things. I found... Oh, my God. I found calm. I found patience. You know, I asked... (laughs) I actually one day remember I I had a conversation with God this is the truth you know I talk to myself a lot but I also say God you know what will you just teach me patience I know that saying that they say if you want to ask for patience you get a big queue um, you get a big queue in the bank or something <laughs> but mine for me was I will never forget it was when I would you believe I had already walked the Camino and I had arrived in Santiago and we had just arrived we were checking into the hotel we were staying in or the hostel we were staying in and there was this um, procession or a parade or something happening outside and I could hear the hustle and bustle of everything and I wanted to be out there to see it but someone was in the toilet and I stood outside the toilet and that someone was actually my friend and I didn't realise at the time and I stood outside the door and I remember just standing there being like oh I really need to pee but would she ever would this person hurry up because I want to see what's going on and I knocked on the door and I remember in that moment my my emotions being like ugh you know, becoming agitated. And next thing, I burst out laughing. And it was like this moment of clarity where I went, you wanted patience? This is patience. You need to use the ladies. You have to wait your turn. And you need to leave the lady that's inside there finish. And then they opened the door and it was my friend. And I looked at her and I laughed and I went, I'm so sorry. And I went in, I used the ladies and I came back out. And I still got to see the end of the parade that was on. But in that moment, it just made me think... You asked for patience. You've been given, I suppose, a moment where you could test your patience. And I felt like I actually passed because I just laughed and I just let it go. So now, even more so when I'm in work and I I recognize when there's things that may come up, I'm like, you know what, I'm not saving lives. Just let it go. Just take a deep breath and just inhale and just be like, okay, what is it about this situation and I know it sounds crazy but I do ask these questions in that one, two, three seconds what is it about this situation that's annoying me just let it go there's nothing about it you know it's just your just leave it go yeah that's a great answer but one more question what would make you truly happy oh wow I'm sitting in silence because in my brain I'm thinking, God, I feel very happy now. And that's as good an answer as you could possibly that's give. Actually, yeah, you know, it's like before people would people would ask the question. People ask the question of, what would you change about yourself, Jerry? You know, what would you alter about yourself to give you, let's just say, the perfect you? And growing up, there was, you know you probably think oh I'd maybe love to be a bit slimmer or I would love to have I don't know god I'm, I'm picking things out of the air longer eyelashes or whatever the hell it is you know but now honestly hand in my heart nothing because if I alter one thing about me I'm not me and I'm unique and everyone is and if we change something about ourselves we're not who we truly are 
So for me, I choose to be happy now and everything else that comes into my life and if it benefits me and if it adds to my happiness, great. But for now, I'm very happy with where I am. You know, yours is a, what I would call a glowing soul. I hope you understand that you have much to give and people love what it is you have to give. And I was touched by your presence and honesty. Yours hasn't been an easy life. And you said to me at the start, before we started, I don't know that that's true, Dan, but it hasn't been an easy life. I think, you know, you, you do carry the burden of your brother with you and you make the most of that. And you said just before that you've learned some great things from him. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And that's a wonderful thing that you ought to share. And, and you should cherish. And you've made the most of every opportunity. And I think we can all, all learn a thing or two from Geraldine Condon. So shine on. And I'm so proud to call you my friend. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Dan. <laughs> my guest this week, the Irish pilgrim Geraldine Condon. And step outside your comfort zone because the world awaits. I'm telling you, I met Jerry a couple of weeks ago, went home thinking I'd met one of the bravest, strongest, most determined, talented and focused people I've ever met. The celebrated spiritual teacher Michael J. Tamura is in Bill Bennett's movie PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. The pay-for-view is out this week and so is the book. Michael J. Tamura said, remember that when you validate any aspect of your spirit, your state of being changes forever. Think about it. Pilgrims, I'm Dan Mullins. Until next week, Buen Camino.